Hi, buddy. Hey, dude. How's it going? How's it going? Oh, um, shit. <laughs> we dicked there already, bud. <laughs> I'm doing good. I, uh, you know, I think I might have gotten a little bug. I feel like there's something going around. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, we, we've been trying to provide people with a uh, a relief whenever possible. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. indeed. Well, I'm uh, doing swell. I'm healthy and happy and keeping myself entertained. So hell glad yeah. to be here. What uh, what has brought you joy recently? Um. Well, I have, you know, our, our apartment is like pretty cute. And we've got a lot of like uh, board games and uh, um, we're making good food. We have we got sent a, a couple of homemade cookbooks, like almost like zines from our friends. Oh, that have, that's uh, a great idea. Yeah, they have like um, memory specific recipes, you know, like sort of inside joke recipes, good salsas we had on one really drunken night or something like that. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So me and my wife, Kara, have been doing a lot of cooking and um, playing board games and and having fun. I'm just generally trying to avoid the the like Stygian void of like despair. So, and I, you know, I'm, my, <laughs> so most far, of so my, good. <laughs> yeah, I think I've done that most of my life. So, you know, I, I have a lot to keep me entertained. So, yeah, I feel like, uh, we, as the either current or formerly self-employed musicians were like uniquely prepared for this shit. Yes, indeed. Of, uh, spending like way too much time inside our own heads, inside our own houses. Right. Yeah. And, there's, uh, there's perpetually the... almost being broke. Or right. being broke. I know, yeah. I'm I'm like, this actually, you know, heading into this was like, this is going to be bad. And then it was like, this does not actually feel all that different. And that is alarming. No. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. oh, okay. My lifestyle is just w- what people ha- are depressed about now. It's just this... staying in, working on stuff, not having much money or like prospects for the future. Yeah, like, this is cool. actually suspiciously familiar. Par for the course. <laughs> yeah, right. Ah, uh, shit. Yeah. Uh, this is and Eric you, Mason, how, by the way. Oh yeah, hello. I've returned. I didn't introduce to you. you at all. Sorry. It's, this is me, Eric Mason. Um, uh, how how have how have you been, Mister Katz? Per, it's okay. Um, again, like it's not that different for me so far, right? In terms of like all the same, like work wise, literally nothing has changed. Um, right. I had, I had to cancel a couple shows, but whatever. I don't really like playing shows that much to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> shows suck dude oh, yeah man. dude and it's like over the years i've learned that it's just not a reliable source of income anyway and so i've mm-hmm. kind of built my my life around not relying on that so it was almost there was like a, a certain sense of relief of like oh i don't have to go anywhere right. or like be stressed out about trying to get people to come to a thing and right. not knowing how much money i'm gonna make i just know i'm gonna make zero and i'm gonna stay home that's fine right well and yeah. you i mean i feel like we we just made music on instagram live the other day yeah, right. And it's been a long time since we've done that. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if anything, yeah, it takes a global pandemic to get us back in touch, and that's a positive thing. That has been like the nicest outcome of this so far for me is like all my friends are doing a better job of keeping in touch with each other. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you thanks, Miss Rona. <laughs> Bringing us all together. Like I never on Sunday night, I hung out on Google Hangouts with a couple of my homies who live in portland and like that's literally the first time we've done that right and it was yeah great. it's always like you know uh you get a little bit more in touch with the sort of the the realness of your reality and it makes you sort of uh you know reevaluate what's really important and you know a lot of times you can put your ambitions before your uh connections and it's good to sort of like you know reevaluate what's really important so yeah, I've, I've been calling people out of the blue like, hey, remember that zombie plan we made in high school? <laughs> <laughs> you want to maybe just like touch, Can we touch revisit that, that Yeah, let's punch it up a little bit, you know, like <laughs> modernize it and just come up with some coordinates. And oh, by the way, how you been, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. <laughs> like leading with the zombie plan as a way to kind of like sneakily just actually have like real friendships again. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about some wild shit that I didn't realize was going to be nearly as wild when I pitched it to you last night? Yes. I mean, I, I have just sort of cracked this can open and I probably am completely unaware of how wild it actually gets. So yeah, let's dive okay. in. Great. Um, so it's known as the Mayday Mystery or Mysteries, yes. plural. And it was discovered in the mid nineties at the University of Arizona. And this kid... Well, at the time, kid, uh, freshman in college, um, 
found or saw in their like daily student newspaper at the University of Arizona, the Daily Wildcat, this, uh, I guess like it looked like an ad or maybe, uh, I don't know. It was just this insert in the newspaper as, as a full page. And it had like clues and keywords and weird dates and a bunch of coded looking shit on it and images and names of like really old theologians. Right. And he didn't think a ton of it. Uh, this guy, Brian Hance, was the one that first sort of like started okay, he's, digging. He's the one that found it. I see. Well, he was the one who like first dug into the, the mystery of it. Right. And, okay. and he was the one that popularized it on the Internet. Okay. So he saw one in 95 uh, as a freshman at the University of Arizona. And then the following May 1st, these are usually published on or around May 1st, hence May Day mystery. Right. Um, so May of 1996, he saw it again. And then May of 97, he saw a third one. And they're all sort of similar. Um, I'll pull up. You can. I'll post a link to like all of these Scans of all of these are available on the internet. Um, and they but, are really, man, just a rabbit hole. Yeah, dude. So they, they vary in complexity, but they've generally gotten more complex over time. Um, I'm looking at the one from 1999. Okay. At, the top, at the top, it says SR slash CL, May Day 1999, Liet Motiv. In an age of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Orwell. So that's at the top. There's a cross in the middle that has Luther, Cromwell, Gustavus Adolphus, and Calvin listed, <laughs> uh, which is referring to Martin Luther, Oliver Cromwell, Gustavus Adolphus, and John Calvin, who all lived between 1480 and 1650. Um. There are images around this cross. One looks to be like a topographical map. There's yeah. a there's an admit one ticket with a Bible yeah. quote next yeah, to it. Yeah, this whole thing kind of looks like a like a 20-year-old like basement punk poster. Yeah, like, there's a the, very the like DIY zine vibe to it. Right. Um there's a like quote. these are the names of the bands like Cromwell and Heisenberg's War. <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, this is all layered over some, like, uh, what's the graph paper called that's, like, circular? You know what I'm talking about? It's like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. What's, I don't remember the name for it that. It almost looks like a like a, like a wind... Um, it looks like a flight computer, almost. Oh, sure. Like, like a star yeah, chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or like a, a radar um, yep. plot, I guess. Right. Um, there's a bunch of just equations and shit around the outside there are some coordinates there's some writing in hebrew there's some other map that looks like maybe it's like trails or yeah, that's a really or like a weather like a forecast map or almost yeah um there's another quote from niels bohr that says we all agree that the theory is crazy what divides us is whether it is crazy enough to be correct hell yeah um there are six bars of music written out at the bottom. Um, we've got a little a little melody in D major. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's a bunch, there's like a huge block of text talking about a summer tour and the application of 0.71482707. It's just like, it, it honestly reads as to almost nonsense to me. Like, Wow. Generate the summer tour by the application of point seven one four eight two seven zero zero seven to ADW May first ninety four. Set the focal aperture as per the metric of Raglan Road. Significantly, this may be the last year that room reservations must have their polynomial <laughs> roots derived. Console Planco. I love this song. <laughs> field test. Yeah, are these lyrics. These are the maybe? lyrics to these to these bars that are written out here. Yeah. You got to fit this all into six bars. Generate the summer tour by application of a seven one four four one eight nine door. And it doesn't fit rhythmically at right. all. Right. You've got like tied quarter notes and seven billion <laughs> syllables. Uh, and then in the bottom right corner, there's a little drawing of a guy's face. He's got big ears and seven hairs on top of his head. 
the smiley guy. Yeah, a little smiley dude. So uh, Brian, uh, Brian sees this in 97, and now it's it's the third time that he's seen one of these on or around May Day. And he's now working at the Daily Wildcat as their like web designer guy. So he realizes that he has access. Oh, I didn't know he worked there. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So he part of the reason he originally dug into it was because after seeing this third one, he was working there and had access to all their web archives. So he right, went okay. back. Uh, their archives went back to 1981. And going back the previous 16 years, he found one of these published every May 1st in the Daily Wildcat. Right. So we know that they started... Uh, no later than 1981, but they could have been going on a lot longer. We just don't have those papers archived prior to 1981. Right. So he tries to figure out what these mean, uh, who's behind them. If there is like some actual mystery to be solved. Um, the very first one in 1981 was pretty simple. Yeah, it's it's probably it's worth noting that they do they get noticeably more complex as time goes on. Not necessarily linear linearly though. Like some of sure. them, some of the later ones actually get simpler again. Okay, like maybe the, w- once Brian kind of starts like looking into them publicly. I I don't know, but the the very first one in 1981, um, it just says at the top, SR slash CL Richmond. And then there are some Chinese characters that translate roughly to long live Chairman Mao. Yeah. And then it says May Day 1981. That's the whole thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> there right was the a point. Yeah, whatever that point may be. <laughs> uh, might be worth knowing that May Day is also International Workers Day. Yeah. So there are some like weird communist ties right off the bat. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually where I kind of started looking into it. Uh, you know, that's, I mean, I, I don't know if we want to like dive really deep into any of these stuff. I mean, there's so much you could dive into that's almost like distracting. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's part of the reason I, I had no concept of the scope of this was like my first, I, I looked at that first one. I thought about May Day and then, you know, May Day, like the, the original event of, of May Day which was the the huge demonstration of workers in the in the Haymarket um, Square in Chicago was in 1886, and I was like, oh, I wonder what the like 100 year anniversary uh, May Day mystery mm. uh, publishing was. So I so I looked up the um, 1986 uh, yeah. May Day posting in in the in the Wildcat. Um, and I spent like two hours just like frantically Googling every little piece of this thing. And it is like, wow, like what a wealth of info. Like you could spend days on each one of these. Yeah. And I mean, probably get nowhere. Yeah. Right. I feel <laughs> like I have no clear idea of, of what this person is trying to uh, communicate. And that's just, I mean, looking through like three quarters of one of these posts. I mean, it's just astounding how, how dense it is. Did you have any insight in, or thoughts about the like musical um I guess references throughout these? Yeah, so that that's that's interesting. I mean, some of it seems to be um uh like hymnal stuff. Um like there's mm-hmm. a lot of like kind of calvinist undertones to some of the the what are we calling these posts uh, ads I guess um the we'll get to it later the people who claim to be responsible for these call them uh transmissions nice hell yeah or so. <laughs> uh there was another word um but yeah transmissions and they actually uh, apparently get offended if you call them ads okay got it well mm-hmm. I will I will so. endeavor not to do so cuz I'm sure that they are listening um <laughs> Well, but, but yeah, so there's a, there's definitely like a religious music, um, undertone to, to a lot of these. And there's, there's some reference to, um, Russian music and, you know, there, there's a lot of, uh, literary references to religious and Russian literature and specifically related to like, 
you know, the Russian revolution, um, and, uh, uh, the Protestant, um, reformation, uh, is mentioned a lot. Um, like, uh, you know, um, there's, yeah. So, so the, the, the one that I look at, yeah. Light motif is also yeah, in most of w- these, which is, that's like a, like it's a character big, motif, right? Yep. And in, in music, it just means, yeah, the theme, the, the motif. Um, but it can be like, um, yeah, basically like this is the theme. This is, this is kind of like what we're working mm-hmm. with. And then at the end of many of these, the word, um, and I'm going to mispronounce this, but apoggiatura turns up a lot. And that's what also, that? uh, that's also a musical term, which basically just means like a long kind of like indulgent grace note before the melody starts. Okay. So it's, so it's almost like you, you start with the theme, the, the motif, and it kind of ends mm-hmm. with a little like flourish, you know, like an indulgent yeah. flourish or something. Um, cause I, I'm looking at one from O2. Okay. And at the top, it's got the lead motif thing again, and it's a Bible quote. And then right below it, it says Phrygian mode. Oh, yeah, there you go. In Ryman's zeta function, the zeros are intimately connected to variations in the distribution of prime numbers. And that's in, <laughs> right. that's in quotes, Obviously. but it's not attributed to anyone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So the there are some, in addition to like the the musical references or undertones or whatever you want to call it, there are like some recurring consistent elements in almost all of these, mm-hmm. which are the four historical figures, Martin Luther, Oliver Cromwell, Gustavus Adolphus, and John Calvin, who two of whom at least were very involved in the Reformation. Um, and then the SR slash CL, whatever that stands for, is in almost all of these. The lead motif thing is in almost all of them, and the smiley guy is, I think, in all every single one of them. Right. Although the number of hairs on his head varies. Yes, and that has become a, <laughs> a, a focal point of much consternation in this yeah. community of people looking into this. So aside from those few consistencies, they're pretty all over the place. There, there are there's some also, like... There's also, there's like a, there's a theme of like navigation. Like, so yeah. my first like early morning sort of like what, what could this possibly be? Like mm-hmm. one of the first things I started thinking of was like this is like an this is like the psychedelic like navigation coordinates for like a weird time machine, you know? Like the yeah. like the one that I looked looked up the the hundred years since May Day thing. Um, so this so one that would is, have been ninety six. Is eighty six? So this is Eight, oh okay. Yep. So SRCL May Day nineteen eighty six. Right. Let so me, uh, let me pull that one up real quick. Okay. Yeah. And this one is wild. I just happened so, to choose this one. If you want to follow along with this, there's a website. It's MayDayMystery.org slash Mayday, and this is actually the website that Brian Hans maintained and still updates occasionally. Um, it's as a great recent website. as recently as October of twenty nineteen, it looks like. Um, and they, yeah. he has scans of all of these. So you're looking at May of 86, you said? Yep. So this is May Day 86. Um, okay. And so we, we get on the left-hand side of this one, the, the same uh, Chinese character is the long-lived Chairman Mao. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, leitmotif is uh, la mente aquel chio tal pal eso a firmalov and that's Latin and I do not speak Latin. So apologies if you do and you're upset now. Yeah. But four, the, 14 different languages appear in these throughout <laughs> yeah, the right. uh, 30 ish years that we right. have. So this is what's been presented here as the, the theme, the, the light motif. And, and it's from Dante's divine comedy. And it means open thy mind to which I will reveal and fix it there within. Um, so, okay. So basically check this shit out. Right. And the first thing it says, number one in bold, Mr. Kurtz is not dead. So there's already right out of the gate. We have a reference to a very popular character in, you know, uh, this is from Joseph Conrad's heart of darkness also appears in Mm. T.S. Eliot poems and apocalypse now, um, which is very popular, I guess, during the time when a lot of the themes from this, from these, um, transmissions kind of revolve around, um, but it says he's not dead. He's aboard the Aurora and will land when the Neva bridges have been secured. So this is like 
a reference to the Russian Revolution. The Aurora was a ship during uh, the Russian Revolution, 1917, that whose entire crew revolted and joined the Bolsheviks. Um, and then the Neva bridges were a, a site of one of the demonstrations right before the Russian Revolution. So there, there again, we have the communist undertones. But here comes yeah. the navigation, navigation stuff. Then it says dead reckoning, which is a navigational te- technique, 490 L uh, Lafont Plaza East Southwest. That's an address in D.C. where uh, at the time is where the U.S. Department of Education was. Then it lists the primary uh, primary triangula- triangulation is Lamastide. 86, 1986. And Lamastide is a, is a harvest festival that like pagans and early Christians did. So there's like a time, I guess. So you went from like a physical address to like a, uh-huh. a, a celebration. Then it says secondary triangulation. And here's a date, 62587, 457th anniversary, Confessio Augustuna, Augustana. So that's another date. And if you go back 457 years from 1986, is the time when the Protestant Reformation started. It, it was the it was Augustine's Confession. Um, okay. So it goes on and on and on. So you get all these dates that like you're sort of starting to like the picture is maybe starting to become clear. You know, you have an address here next for uh, uh, Owsley Stanley, who was the guy who like was the engineer for the Grateful Dead, but also like made the like first batch of acid. Like he was like one of the original acid maker dudes. <laughs> You know, so yeah, but then you've got, sorry, and I, I will stop eventually, but then you've got. No, 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 this is great, dude. Like, <laughs> this is a, a perfect example of how much fucking information is packed right. into these. <laughs> right. And yeah. also how much it reads as just total nonsense. Right, because I'm not really omitting anything. I mean, I'm just, like, I'm just reading it down, you know. You're this only like just... seven lines down the page. Right. exactly. Yeah. And it has the address where Alzi's first LSD laboratory was, uh, 1647 Virginia Street. And then you have, this is my favorite, set chronometers as per that's another theme the set something as per set chronometers uh-huh. as per otardium gaudium meum which is uh oh i wrote that down what does that mean that means um oh my delayed joy um which later in what? the in, yeah i know it, that's so that's latin and then later uh there's a there's a poorly written spanish phrase and the, the people who have pointed this out said it's not quite written or not quite translated correctly but mien and i don't speak spanish men men uh mientras que descansos has adobes and people have pointed out what that means is while you're resting make bricks or makes it make adobe so there's all these people that are like oh this is like a, it's a revolutionary undertone you've got the russian revolution and the chairman mao stuff and the mayday stuff but then you've got like these cultural revolutionaries like Alzi Stanley um, pointed out. And then you've got the while you're resting, make bricks. You know, there's this sort of like uh, like, hey, the revolution's not happening now, but like the, stay committed to the cause and like watch for the signal. You yeah. Know? So th- there's this like feeling that I get that's like this is there's a general background of like, hey, there's a revolution coming and like you just got to be ready for it. But then there's all these addresses and times and stuff that's like, well, maybe it like maybe we're supposed to go back and do it like at a previous time or like, you know, like so, we're supposed to watch for it in the future. But then there, you get to the end of it and you're like, well, actually maybe it's just complete nonsense. And I'm just connecting all these dots, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there, there are, or there do appear to be a lot of references to previous transmissions. Sure. Like you, you can't necessarily read these out of context with each other. Right, right. Um, but I had a, so maybe with some of the like time specific references, maybe it's I don't know references to like previous transmissions that need to be decoded or something. Uh-huh. There, there, there are some like a lot of uh, cryptography things happening in here. Like the, it, a lot of like with the quotes and stuff. Uh, it seems like maybe they're not meant to be read at face value, but they are to be pieced together to decipher something else. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, there was a, I, I'm kind of fuzzy on the details, but wasn't there some sort of like, um, okay. So, so on this website, on the maydaymystery.org, when mm-hmm. you, when you click on these texts and you scroll down, there's like a message board and 
the message board is that none, these aren't weighted. The comments aren't weighted at all. There's no voting. There's no upvoting. There's no like. So nobody knows like how, how reliable any of these are or what, or what, but um, there's some sort of veiled reference that I read to someone who might be in touch with the creator of these chiming in on these message boards. Yeah, dude, there's a lot of that. Um, <laughs> and it, they, it can... they said, I, I bet what, like basically what you just said is like, you're, you're taking it too literally. Like you got to take it like zoom out a little bit. Yeah. So before we go there, cause that it goes fully off the rails once we get into that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's an article from the Northwest Explorer that I can't, I don't know what that was. Um, okay. cause I can only find an archived version of it on, uh, the Wayback machine. Yeah. But there's an interview that Nate Searing did with Brian Hance. Um, I think it must have been like early 2000s. Okay. Uh, or maybe right around 2000. And he kind of gets into what he thinks is happening. Okay. Or at least some of the uh, like themes and similarities that he's found after going through uh, whatever, however many transitions there or transmissions there have been 50 plus at this point or at, at the point of this interview. So he says, uh, they appear to be in addition to whatever they are on the surface, they appear to be soliciting new members into mm. something. Ah. Um, and he seems, he says that they seem to act as communication for a group of people he says dissident intellectuals forecasting an upcoming event of dramatic social consequence. <laughs> yeah. Um, he also points out that someone is spending a ton of time and money on this. Right. Cause it's expensive to place ads like this at the time. Well, f during the time that these have been running and they usually take out a full page ad the price of a full page ad in this paper has ranged from between about a thousand dollars and fifteen hundred. Wow! And they've put out, I don't know, uh, close to a hundred of them now. Right. Like and because it's, it's not just May Day, right? They come out. Sometimes there's a few of them a year. They, they release patches and updates occasionally. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um. So whoever this is, is putting a ton of time and effort into creating this stuff, but they're also dropping, I mean, like minimum 50 grand on this over the, over the course of it. Right. Um, he said at first, I believed it was an individual with, a, with both a lot of time with a, a lot of both meaning money and time to spare. Then my theory moved to a group of friends playing a game with one another. Now I've run out of theories, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was something more subversive going on. Hmm. He says that they'd seem to discuss meeting dates, both past and future, for some right. sort of secret society detailing instructions on how to gain access to the meetings and topics of discussion. Oh. So, the, yeah, there are definitely like physical and temporal uh, places being named and listed. That significant sort of confluences of either events or... Or yeah, yeah but, places. but some are in the future and some are going back as many as 500 years. Right. And you're supposed to, quote, triangulate them. Right. And some of them appear to be like, it's odd that you, you get sometimes um, very plainly stated addresses and dates. Yeah. And other times you get like a strip, literally like in the one we were looking at, like a string of binary. Right. That, that that translate into like a coordinate system or something. Yeah, we only got halfway through that one, and it's one of the shorter ones, honestly. Right, right. But th there's yeah, uh, point number seven in that May of '86 one, which is titled uh, "Periods of Terrible Sanity." Yeah, and then it says in parentheses zero comma one colon one zero one zero zero one 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 blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. It's just a line of binary. Right. Yep. <laughs> and then number nine is 475 Riverside, uh, 10115. Right. Like that's, that's an address right. <laughs> and a zip code. Right. Yeah. And, and then if a real down, the person that, uh, there one, one of the commenter, and again, I, it's hard to know how, how reliable any of this analysis is, but, but one of the commenters has translated the binary 
into into a location um and it's like somewhere in Fairfax, Virginia. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> this does seem to be um an Arizonan or like uniquely Tucson based thing in some ways though. Like there are lots of references specifically to Tucson, Arizona and the surrounding area and until Brian put this stuff on the internet in the late 90s, it was only ever run in this one student newspaper hmm. mm-hmm. and wasn't known like outside of the university because how would it be? Right. Right. So there's in this article from the Northwest Explorer, they talked to the uh, the director of uh, advertising at the time at the daily wildcat to say like, who's placing these ads? Somebody is sending them to you and paying you for them every year. And she said someone named Robert Truman Hungerford. Yes. This is my favorite part. Places the ads every year. <laughs> this, at, Or at least for the last decade, she said, <laughs> uh, Brian Hans has talked to, uh, Mr. Hungerford who is a lawyer in Tucson and he claims that he places the ads for an organization and that he sympathizes with the organization's motivations, but he refuses to confirm or deny his membership or provide (laughs) any information about it. He says he acts as their legal counsel and therefore he's not allowed to discuss any aspect of its membership. So, the first thought is, well, it's just this dude doing it. Right. Oh, also this this group is called the Orphanage. The Orphanage. That's important. Yeah. All right. So rather than this like mysterious worldwide consortium of geniuses called the Orphanage, it's probably this dude, Robert Ungerford. <laughs> because he went to the University of Arizona in the 70s mm-hmm. um, and was a law student again in the 80s. And has tons of connections to the things that are in these, quote, transmissions. Right. Uh, there's an amazing line in this article that says, quote, Hungerford contends, oh, sorry, as a self-described antisocial hermit, Hungerford contends that he could be insane and his relationship with the ads is inexplicably linked to his insanity. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> quote, it is in all likelihood that I am a disturbed, mentally ill person, and these writings are no doubt the ravings of a madman. <laughs> so, oh, that's great. He is strongly implying that he is writing these things when he says, I am insane, and these are likely the writings of an insane person. Right. Um, he also, in his law office in Tucson, has tons of books on cryptography, history, uh, languages, physics, and a bunch of other stuff that shows up in these writings, um, and has a vast collection of language-to-language dictionaries, almanacs, encyclopedias, and other reference materials, although he denies having ever read any of the books in his office. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> this is just dressing, dude. This is for my guests. This is he how says, I jack up my price per hour. He says, I pick out the books because of their color, nothing more. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Yes, it is. That's the way I shop for wine, dude. Hell yeah. (laughs) So it seems like that's probably what's happening here. Oh, man, that's awesome. But um, Brian Hance has been communicating with what seems to be a large number of people about this stuff since he started putting it online in... uh, I think 98. Okay. So in 99, he got contacted by someone. um, He got an email from someone claiming to be part of the orphanage. Uh And this email said that these transmissions were not part of a game and that the quote coded messages were leading to a culminating event in which the political, social, and cultural revolution discussed in the texts will play out. Oh, that one. Oh, that one event discussed in (laughs) in the text that's very clearly and thoughtfully laid out. Right. So (laughs) as of the writing of this article, which I think was 2000, um, he had received more than 100 emails, uh, 
couriered messages, couriered messages and packages from people around that were posted, uh, whatever, post-dated around the country um, from people claiming to be involved in the orphanage. And he's received voicemails as well. Wow. One of which I have an MP3 of if you want to listen to it. Oh, yes, please. Oh, my God, okay. yes. Um, let me see if I can find it in my notes. But while you're looking for it, I also have a quote from this dude that is I yeah, think, yeah. my favorite quote. Um, when confronted about whether or not he's the sole originator of these ads, uh, he has a quote. He says, it is entirely possible that all of this is the work of one person, disturbed or otherwise. It could be for amusement, could be for mental illness, could be anything, he says. But on the other hand, that wouldn't be a bad cover if one needed a cover. Which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's so Colonel Kurtz. That's so like you're you're all the way up the river. Before we get into this uh this MP3 of this voicemail, I gotta take a quick break to read an ad. Okay. This week's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp online counseling is there for you. They can connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment, and it's super convenient. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace, and you can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat or text with your therapist. They have licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, sleep issues, trauma, relationships, and a whole bunch of other stuff, and anything you share with them is completely confidential. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. They have desktop, mobile web, Android, and iOS apps, and best of all, it's a truly affordable option. What if podcast listeners get 10% off your first month by using discount code WHATIF? So get started today by going to betterhelp.com slash WHATIF. You just fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash WHATIF. So this voicemail, um, this was, I think, in... Please tell me it was an ad for the orphanage. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> we here at the orphanage. It's cute little like uh, ukulele glockenspiel music. <laughs> if you want to write one, I'll put it in. <laughs> and we're back from those messages from the orphanage. <laughs> So he gets this uh, this MP3 or a voicemail that I have an MP3 of, um, and it goes like this. This first portion will be in English, as that is in the lingua franca of our disturbed time. Your efforts continue to be appreciated, especially since you have persevered over a period of years. What? We are always amused by the lack right. of endurance which your countrymen display in all things. You are, among the very few exceptions, as you have the capacity to, as they say in English, hold out. We admire <laughs> that very much. You recently received an indication that your efforts have been discussed in 14 times. As you have no doubt decided That's already, the discussions okay. are largely childish but they do touch on one important point, the alteration of reality. In that one respect, two of, or perhaps three of them are, as your countrymen say, in the ballpark. <laughs> they the do not know what game is being played, oh. much less a score, but they are in the ballpark. <laughs> You're getting close. But... In close, you will find a picture of an older map. The point is not the location or even the time period, but that it is a snapshot which recorded what is thought to be reality at a given moment. Okay. That's it? Uh, no, there's a minute and a half more. But okay. Wow. I needed, to pause, I needed to pause for a second. So two things jumped out at me. She's talking about he's on the right track in that their goal is to alter reality. Yeah, wow. Did she say the, the undulation f- of reality? Yeah, uh, I think she said alteration. Alteration, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So he's right that their goal is the alteration of reality. 
Also, wow. it sounds like she's reading a script because she like pauses and restarts a couple sentences. Right, right. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's off the top. No. But it's interesting that it is that it is so coherent. I mean, so much of the other messaging you right? know, from from the transmissions are so esoteric. And I mean, so, this is this would I guess be esoteric to most people listening to it, but you know, it's much more uh, coherent than than the transmissions are. Right, it's much more straightforward, and like, yeah, you can actually follow sentences to their conclusion. <laughs> Which, for somebody who's you know who's spent a lot of time trying to decipher this, I'm sure would be incredibly intriguing and exciting to have so something start- so plain spoken, you know. Right. So he starts getting uh, emails, phone calls, um, physical mailings from a whole bunch of people. Some of them are like more straightforward like that. Some of the mailings are like one of the first ones he got. It was a gold coin from somewhere in the Middle East from a long time ago and a note card with some Hebrew writing on it. And that was it. Um, there seem to be multiple people contacting him. Um, there's one person specifically that he has, he being, uh, Brian has dubbed the pimp. Nice. And this person writes in a very, uh, I don't know, a very odd way. So he sends an email and the subject line is you bud. (laughs) <laughs> and then it says, yo, dude, I was nestled down in my dumpster, dumpster, cutting Z's and dreaming of death camps with that greasy smoke coming out of the chimneys. And oh, my the, God. And the opposition floating away in the breeze felt so good. Then I Ooh. hears this banging again, the side of my home, clang, clang, clang. Somebody's pounding in the dumpster with some kind of metal club. Don't pay no... I'm reading these as he, he like, types out this accent that he's going for. Right, Don't pay no mind as I knows it be Valentine's Day and we don't care nothing about that heathen shit. (laughs) 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 If I ain't from the orphanage, let him fuck a duck. Wow. Then I gets hit with the electric shock. What hung my bladder out my left ear and so buries up the top yelling all the while... Coming, coming, coming. Didn't know it was official. Outside what? is this mean dude that handled the local electric questioning and had Roger. I, I don't know what that word is. And then what side? Like he's had that club himself. Fun to watch him shitheads the metal side of the dumpster. <laughs> and he, so he, he's gotten like a hundred emails from this dude. All written wow. sort of in that style. Some, like some more directly than others, referencing the orphanage and some of the other transmissions. Some just talking about the wild shit he was just talking about. Right. Um, like almost as far out as the transmissions themselves. Right. But on the total other end of the spectrum. Yeah, yes. Right. <laughs> um, like if the transmissions are this dude on acid, then that is, I don't know, Molly or whatever. Yeah. Then, so there's that dude. There's sometimes people just email him like basically a heads up that there's going to be a transmission soon. Mm. Um, some, he's got a bunch from, what he calls the freaks. Huh. Yeah. He doesn't have, he didn't do a great job of naming these people. Um, <laughs> so this is one from someone named Richard Baxter and says, Mr. Hans, welcome to the hotel California or what passes for it at the sub plenary level. We may actually be in convocation relatively near to where this appears to originate. Likewise, as to the snail mail directed at your current address yesterday. Much afoot here, and the proverbial hard choices are at hand. Not quite snod of Whitby, bad choice, but are very close to the Manhattan Project, good choice. Uh, hmm. Leslie Groves and his antecedents, who are also securely in the Saints' everlasting rest, sends his regards, as do we all. 
Uh, it's so close to being like cognizant. It's so yeah, much. It's just white noise. <laughs> Dude. General Groves will necessarily bear the brunt of the organizational effort which implements the decisions made tonight and tomorrow. Even if you are not particularly given to prayer, say one for General Groves as the logistics are daunting. <laughs> All of us continue to enjoy and indeed delight in your career as a rising young man. It's <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. Like, <laughs> so career weird. as a rising young man yes professionally <laughs> um he gets he got an email from no one apparently that said hi would you be so kind as to provide the orphanage with the attached image it will be understood more to follow thanks and then there's an image with some it's like it looks like maybe a a light or like a lantern of some kind and then some chinese characters under it wow and there are wow. there are hundreds and hundreds of these. Um, he's numbered them up through two hundred and thirty. No, that was I don't like three hundred emails. A bunch of things mailed to him, um, including one get well card. That was really sweet <laughs> with a twenty with a twenty dollar bill in it. That would have freaked me out. Yeah, it was a. Uh, so that's in like weird, obscured handwriting. It looks like someone was writing with their their wrong hand. And then inside, wow. there's a a card. It's uh, Charlie Brown holding a baseball bat, and it says, <laughs> "Thought for the day. Just when you thought you get, just when you get it all figured out." And then on the inside, it says, "Somebody changes the rules." And there's a football being thrown at him, and he has a baseball bat. <laughs> it's a, and then it says, "From your friends, no D, get well." And there was a $20 bill in it. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is bizarre. Yeah, they whoever is doing this sends him money pretty frequently. Right. I was reading about that, that that he he, he gets funds specifically related to the upkeep of the of the domain for the website. Yeah, he also said in an interview at one point it was costing him $125 a month to keep this website online. Uh-huh. Seems Which like seems like a lot seems like way too much right right um he's just jacking it up so that people send him more money but maybe like i don't know he's doing this in the late 90s too where maybe like oh yeah i remember this much this much hosting for images and stuff cost a lot more i don't know it costs like 10 cents to open every text message you receive (laughs) yes like just to open them Uh uh-huh yeah so maybe like hosting mp3s and a bunch of images on a website was really expensive i don't know right right yeah, my favorite, I've seen a couple of clips of these emails or just the like little sort of out of context quotes and they're, they are very spooky. Like, yeah. Well, uh, one of them, I mean, I don't know if you have more, but one of the ones I saw is uh, uh, in reference to the orphanage, the members wish him well, but he currently has no idea of the immensity of the prize. Yeah. So there does seem to be some sort of like, reward or prize or like end game to this whole thing right and there are references to a safe deposit box in a bank in downtown tucson okay um so many of these links are dead unfortunately on this website that was another thing i was experiencing which adds to the allure of the mystery yeah it's like it's a very like old world internet experience if you if you if you're listening and you get a chance to dig through it it's 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 definitely a trip um in one, I don't, so I, I don't remember which one it was, and that, that link that I had is not working. But in one of the transmissions, there is the address of a bank and a specific safe deposit box number within that bank. Well, but that's wild. it doesn't say what's in it, and obviously you can't access a safe deposit box that isn't yours. Right, and inside is some sort of a a key to the alteration of reality, dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's my other favorite quote here is the day you can see the door, you will be welcomed inside. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. From another one of his emails. Yeah. So another thing that comes out and we heard it in the, in that voicemail first, but it comes out in a lot of these emails and mailings and stuff. They're very appreciative of Brian doing all this. Right. And like you said a second ago, like sending him money, 
And but it's all it's like weird currency or like gold coins or right. who knows. Um but they like they seem very appreciative of him spreading the word about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to spread the word, why would you pick one college newspaper once a year? Maybe that's the only um, portal that your like time machine has access to. It's just like the ability to place <laughs> ads in one student newspaper. It's like some cruel cosmic limitation. But they have access to lawyer guy. Couldn't that's they right. just have him do other things? Well, he's yeah, he's like the you know he's the medium um, who also has access to this portal. But he's too eccentric to really like translate the message clearly. <laughs> yeah. This is, so, this is all part of the, the cruel cosmic joke that the originator of the message has played on them. They have the tough entirely th- unreliable tools to communicate their message with. Right. Well, and yeah, I was going to say with the, the tough thing with all the like mailings and emails and phone calls and stuff is we don't know if those are actually the same people or are in any way connected to whoever's doing the transmissions in the newspaper. Right. Well, and that's the sense that I get too from, I mean, I spent a lot of time reading these um uh comments underneath the the transmissions listed yeah. on the on the page and there does seem to be some of these people you can tell are you know hobbyists or whatever people that came on and are like oh that's interesting yeah i i know a little bit about this or hey i speak spanish here's what this means but some of them are clearly involved um and some of what? them also like there's a guy um, or I don't know, a person whose username is near a terminal or near the terminal. Yeah. Near a terminal. Yeah. And he's, or they are posting on almost every single one and their voice, like their, their like writing voice is very similar to other strangely named commenters on this site, mm. which just makes me wonder and, like, and they're giving like, uh, clues as to how to read it sometimes right right and like telling other people that they're wrong yeah like almost as if they have some sort of authority that they can speak with like no i mean i know it seems like that but no this isn't what that actually means what they're referring to is actually this piece of literature or whatever like they're speaking our, from experience our lawyer guy just has a shitload of alts right exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and that's the weird thing it's like okay so how many of these are actually people that are like did did Mike what's his name uh, or Brian Hans did he get himself into this situation where he thinks there's this big community of people helping him to solve this mystery but really it is just all this one dude <laughs> like he's just spending a whole <laughs> lot of time on the internet with Robert Hungerford right he's like wow man for years I've been trying to get someone's attention with these things it's just like some really far out art project and then like finally someone pays attention to it so now this is my you know this is my existence as i just like play into this dude's you know frustration trying to solve this mystery it's his website though so he should in theory have access to he should be able to see the ip of people who are posting probably right right but i mean yeah yeah i guess if this guy has the ability to send coins and letters from all over the world you know maybe he's like uh, contracted other people to to host his server as well or something. I, I don't know how computers work. Please disregard that. If it makes no sense. <laughs> I, I do like, I do wonder if it is some sort of, uh, actual organization and not just one person. Mm-hmm. It does right. seem like maybe there's some recruiting element to it. Like, uh, did you ever go down the uh, cicada? What was it? Three, three Oh one or 3101. No, it's this uh, internet, the Cicada 3301, yeah. This internet mystery, um, and they they post puzzles occasionally on the internet. The first one was on in 2012, and the the prevailing theory on them is that they're to recruit code breakers, and it's oh. one one of the three letter organizations. Cool. Yeah. Um, no one's ever actually like taken credit for it or done anything with it in terms of like monetizing it or anything. Right. But the, yeah, yeah there, the, the theory with that is like they're, they're basically, it's basically a recruitment tool for, you know, CIA or NSA sure. or something. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense. I mean, especially given some of the references to, 
you know, the different kind of uh, clandestine operations, you know, and the the like political dissidents, American political dissidents that are named in a few of these. So, so yeah, that I guess that's my. I have a couple of issues with that theory. One being like a recruitment for who or what, because they don't seem to, they have some issues with Catholicism, which is like sort of, I mean, I get it, but like, that's a weird, what are you recruiting for? Some anti-Catholic league? (laughs) Right. They have, they have issues with public education and several other places, but more importantly, like to be a recruitment tool, and to be like a riddle or a puzzle, it needs to be solvable yes. on some level. Right. And none of this appears to be solvable. We right. have 40 years almost of, of stuff now, and no one has even like a, a good theory about what it is, much less how to solve it. Right. Or maybe those that do know not to publicize it, you know, because they get it or whatever, because the door has been opened to them. I also yeah. don't know how any one person could solve it. Like, who knows 14 languages? Yeah, who can triangulate all of this stuff? It's the lawyer right. dude. He, I mean, he's like a member of, like, Mensa and, like, historical societies and stuff. You know, it seems like it would be a person like that, you know, who would have but the ability. E- even that, like, are you really doing – is there any meaning to it? Like, I could see – Well, I and that's the- what that's what makes those those comments about, like – you know, like think of it more as like background noise. Like don't, you know, like don't look at it too specifically. That's why stuff like that seems kind of interesting. Like it reminds me of like, like, uh, uh, like back in the day when I I used to do like theater stuff, like you, like when you would introduce people to Shakespeare for the first time, people would say like, I don't understand what this means. You know, like I, I try to like listen to what people are saying, but I don't understand it. And you would always tell yeah. them like, well, you don't, don't actually try to listen to the words. Like don't try to figure out what every sentence means. Just kind of like blur your eyes, like kind of like cross, you know, like just squint of, at it. Yeah. Just like fade into the background a little bit. Don't try to like hear it so specifically and, and you'll start to get a sense of the general message of it, you know, like kind of just like let it wash over you. And I wonder you just got to like, do the, the magic eye thing with it. Exactly. Like you'll see the UFO if you cross your eyes. <laughs> right. Like, it looks like a unicorn. Yeah. But I feel like it's like maybe, well, I wonder if it's something like that. Like people who are like, you know, hyper geniuses can look at stuff like this and be like, oh, I see there's a clear theme here, you know, and I'm, I'm getting a sense of what's important, you know? Yeah. I think somebody a, though, there's, if, there's if, this message here that it says, uh, it's another from another one of these emails, like a tuning fork, there is a resonance with the right people, which is like, whoa, it says there's a, there's a growing, yeah. there's a growing underground army of people waiting to take up arms. He says with a question mark, it would be a wonderful <laughs> thing if there was, but I wouldn't confirm or deny even if I could. What the fuck? <laughs> take up arms. Okay. <laughs> with a question what? mark <laughs> I, it, it seems like the most likely explanation is that it is robert hungerford and he is really smart and mm-hmm. he is also not totally well uh-huh. and he's he's doing it as like a intelligence flex basically sure right and or, i mean it also kind of has the sense of like I don't know. After after seeing a reference to um, Owlsy, Owlsy, I never know how to pronounce that dude's name. Stanley, the 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 guy that made all the acid. Yeah, made me think about like, oh yeah, this does kind of have the vibe of like somebody like painted their windows black, dropped acid, and just like wrote about all the stuff that they know. You know, just like kind of like pulling in like tons of different references but like riffing on one theme sort of, you know, they skimmed like 300 books and synthesized it through a several tabs of acid. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if you've ever listened to like a drug laden mind, just like rant about one, something that they think is, is like a clear, you know, theme, but they're like pulling in all these references from poetry and history. And yeah, it it definitely has that vibe of like a psychedelic genius. You know, right. just trying to communicate something, but has lost the ability to do so clearly. <laughs> well, and especially when you stretch that out over the course of 40 years. Right. And you, you know, and like, you and you analyze to, it as a sober person. And then, like, even if you were totally coherent and you were 
actually getting at something eventually, it would be really hard to stitch that arc together over four decades. Right. But I also, I love the idea of like, this is their very esoteric specific uh, instructions about like a, a way to tune your psychedelic time machine. You know, like, and you'll get it when you get it, man. You just got got to invent the time machine and plug in the dates and stuff, man. And then, like, it'll all become clear. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> but then what really? you said, too, about the, the like, it's actually, like, a code-breaking test for, like, a CIA recruitment. That's also yeah. really intriguing. Mostly it just feels like I'm watching the later seasons of Lost. <laughs> yeah, like, I know this isn't going anywhere coherent, but, damn, I've spent so much time. I just have to keep watching it. Right, and it's yeah. just going to keep unraveling more and more the longer it goes. Until this dude dies, right. And those fucking numbers weren't actually ever going to mean anything. Right. I wonder... And none of these, none of like, these threads will be tied off. Right, right. Yeah, I, I wonder what the, the, um, the students who are running this newspaper feel about this. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if yeah. you came in as a freshman and you're like, hey, I'm going to J school, I'm going to like run this newspaper, and someone's like, hey, by the way... Um, there's this thing that we have to tell you about. Like, well, what is it? Like, well, uh, <laughs> I mean, somebody just buys an ad a couple times a year. Like it's, it's no worse than the shit that's on used to be on the back of the city pages every week, you know? Right. Except it's got this long history and you're like, wait, what is it? Like, well, right. we don't really know. It's like, well, where's it come from? Well, we don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does it mean? No, we don't really know. Like, I feel like in this thing I read, there was even, uh, there was a quote from the person the, yeah, the, the ad, the advertising director who says the newspaper has a strict policy of we don't know and we don't care, which is like, okay. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's probably how you have to function as somebody who relies on advertising to, right? right? Yeah, like, that's true. Yes. If it's not hurting anyone, why right. wouldn't you run it? Why wouldn't you take their money? It's $1,500 for a student newspaper. Right, right, right. It seems like most likely this is this dude's way of like having fun and fucking around and making people think he's super smart and and weird right while also giving like 50k back to his alma mater right yes that's true yeah that's a good way of thinking of it and he's keeping a bunch of people on the internet entertained in the meantime all right <laughs> it is very entertaining i'm like uh glad that you introduced this to me on a time when i have um, a perpetual spring break to spend reading these because, oh boy, there's a lot to dig through. Yeah, it's we kind of, we could do much more time on this just reading through all of the shit because there's I mean we we touched maybe one percent of the communication from yeah. all these people that claim to be involved. I mean, it's like somebody took Wikipedia and just shook it up. Yeah, if if this were happening now, I would almost think that this were like. AI generated. Yeah, yeah, it does kind of seem like that. Except right. that it started in the at the 80s or maybe earlier, who knows. That's the other thing. This newspaper has existed since like 1899. Right. So right. there are some people and we have no way of knowing if this went back prior to 81. We just have archives back to 81. So like this could be a thing that's been going for 100 years. Right. We don't know. Wait, did you see the thing about the, um, the? I'm sorry, this is kind of going back, but just like dropping in random interesting things. Did you see the thing about the number of brush strokes corresponding to the dates of publication? Yeah. So in the first one, right? That was the very first one in 1981. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. The it was that you're a near a terminal person, right? Yep. Said. It was something about like if you if you count the number of brush strokes in the Chinese right? characters, yeah. So that was twenty four, and there was something with eight as well, right? Yeah, the the SR Richmond dude, I think is that one too. Or I'm not sure. Yeah, Richmond has eight letters. So yeah, Richmond has eight letters, and the Chinese characters had twenty four brush strokes, and the next transmission was on August twenty fourth. Right. Right. <laughs> But also, like, you're, they're doing that after the fact, right? Yeah, it's, it could be totally arbitrary. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, like, th that gets into the whole, like, you could draw so many, quote, incorrect conclusions from all this stuff, too. Right. That might seem like, you know, 
now that you have so much context, you could make meaning out of a lot of things that maybe don't mean anything. Right. Right. Like the, the signal to noise ratio is basically one to one on this shit. Right. And that's maybe a good sound of metaphor for this entire mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Although it does have, it's kind of reminiscent to, you know, about the, the Toynbee tiles. Oh yeah. It ha- has a very similar vibe to that. You know, that's like, yeah, this, this could all just be like the pet project of like a, you know, an eccentric, like guy that's got too much money and time on his hands. I mean, the Toynbee tiles ended up being one guy. Wait, was there just, actually a conclusion to that? I guess I never even. Really yeah, there's that. um there's a documentary a couple of years ago, and the the guy making the documentary actually found the dude who was doing them. Um, oh really? I gotta watch and that. And he had cut out the floor of the passenger front passenger seat of his car. No. And way. And he would he would like prepare these things in advance and drive around with them. And he had a way of like laying it face down onto the street and then pulling the back off of it no while he way. was while he was stopped like at a red light or in traffic or something. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. He had a Flintstones car. So he, he tracked it down to like one guy in New Jersey. Wow. Yeah. Cause they were yeah, they appeared like all up and down the East Coast and he like figured out that it was places where this dude went regularly for work and stuff and yeah. It was, These are it all, was, it's, it's got a very similar vibe. This is like pre-internet, like dark web memes. Yeah. And it's like, like this, this, this combination of like, I just kind of want to fuck with people and put something weird into the world. And also I maybe have like this crazy political social agenda that I want to force onto people. Right. But also maybe people from the future have contacted me and. Yes. Also, there are dead people on Jupiter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they'll be resurrected at some point because of something. Because this is how I mean, like, if you just go through these and click on random ones, it's like, I. This is how I imagine being an alien receiving the golden record would feel. Oh yeah. You know, where you're like, I'm sure this is meaningful to someone. <laughs> Chuck Berry must mean something. Yeah. For the life of me, I have no fucking idea what this person's <laughs> trying to tell me. Why are they naked? We know that yeah. they wear clothes. Yeah, yeah, circles and Elvis. I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Anything else you want to hit before we get out of here? No, I think that 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 just about covers it. <laughs> um, thanks, it. thanks for inviting me to do this, man. It's super cool. And thanks for giving uh, me a really wild thing to spend my morning looking into. It's really fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. We uh, we should do this more often. Yeah, anytime, man. Hit me up. I am free. <laughs> Hell yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, buddy. Love you. Good Talk to you soon. You. You, love you too, man. Peace out.